welcome to the Destined for Success podcast. I'm your host, Jennifer Takagi, and this podcast used to be called New Manager Media, Managed Right from the Start. Many of the concepts are the same, but there's a little shift. There's a shift because I know we are all destined for success, and I want to help you find the fastest, smoothest way to reach your highest best as quickly as possible. Join me in today's episode where you're going to come up with new ways to build your skills and influence others to make the impact you desire to make. I look forward to connecting with you soon. Welcome to Destined for Success. I'm your host, Jennifer Takagi, and today it's so funny how life goes round in circles and you end up back with people you started with. I began my entrepreneurial uh, career journey, yeah, journey, in July, July 31st of 2014. And I ended up meeting a business coach. I didn't even know that was a thing. I literally tripped off the curb into her at a Chamber of Commerce event. And we exchanged business cards and I start getting emails. I didn't know about email lists. I didn't know about all this follow-up. I'd always worked in corporate or government work. I didn't know anything about anything. Well, I followed her for a while. I ended up purchasing one of her courses. And one of the perks of it was you got a free ticket to a conference. Well, I wanted to go to a conference because I'd been sitting at home for a year and a half. So I was like, yeah, I'll go. And it was local. It was here in Oklahoma City. So I go to this conference. The speakers were just all amazing. By the way, her name is April Franks, and I think she's in um, Las Vegas now. But I met all kinds of amazing women. And here, all these years later, I keep running into them again. I'm in a business Facebook group and for entrepreneurs and this woman's name popped up and it was like, oh, I knew you. And we had a short conversation and yes, we met at that event. It was in end of March, 1st of April of 2016. And now here we go all these years later, our paths are still crossing and here we are. So I'm so excited to today to have Dr. Renelli Williams. Thank you, Renelli, for being here today. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Wow. I can't believe it's been five and a half years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And it just goes round and round. And the funny thing is people in the last couple of years, because we're actually recording this in December of 2020, it's airing in 2021, but when, or when 21 the, airing in 22. Oh my God. Yes. I don't even have my dates right. It is 2021 and it's going to air in January of 2022. If you're listening to this, it's January, 2022. But the interesting thing is that people were so freaked out when they had to go virtual, they had to work from home. They couldn't go into the office. And I was asked a lot, you know, did it bother you? Was that a struggle? And it was like, no, I sit home by myself all the time, talking to myself, recording videos, uh, recording podcasts. Yeah, I'm kind of comfortable just sitting here in my office talking to myself. Life as usual, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a lot of changes there. But the one thing that I think people missed that did not escape me at all 
was the tight relationships you can meet without ever even meeting somebody in person. And I was so excited. Oh, I don't know. It's been eight or 10 weeks ago. Someone asked me to join a clubhouse room and they were like, we're going to have these people. Well, everybody on the panel, I knew at least online knew and as it turns out, several of them I had met in person. And it was like, oh, I know that person. Yes, yes, I know that person. So the whole, you know, online video, you know, not seeing people in person, of course, I prefer in person, but it's not that you can't make great connections and learn a lot and build, right? You can, you can go places. And that's really not the point of today's talk, but I just had to put that out there again because. I'm still hearing people complain about it. Here we are almost 2022 and people are still complaining about, you know, the, the shutdown and a lot of terrible things happen, but I'm just, I have to point out because I'm the eternal optimist that some great things happen and I reconnected with you. So that is a great thing too. Yeah. Dr. Ranelli is a CPA, has an accounting business. Is your doctor that you had like a PhD in business or? It's a DBA in entrepreneurship and leadership. Yeah. Oh, doctor wow. of business administration. I love that. I didn't even know that was a thing. All the things I keep learning. She's a CPA. She's an accountant. She has a, a an accounting firm and does taxes, um, tax prep, bookkeeping, strategic planning for your taxes and your business. And today, what I want to hit on a little bit is profit first. We have an audience of people who work in corporate or government. And we also have some entrepreneurs. So we kind of have a mixed audience, which is great. I love that. But that whole profit first kind of hits all genres of people, no matter what your um, organization is, what your business is. So why don't you tell me some of your thoughts about profit first? How do you build that into helping someone either build a business or a personal, uh, personal wealth? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'll actually start off by, you know, just giving a little backstory of how I even found out about Profit First. Um, really? Yeah, it was actually one of my clients who, um, she was a tax client, actually. And she, you know, one of her coaches introduced the book Profit First to her. And as a matter of fact, talking a, a, about Full Circle, um, I, that coach is actually, um, I'm working with her, um, as a strategist in my second business. It just comes full circle. I'm telling you, but anyway, <laughs> yes, she actually, um, you know, said Renelli, um, that time I, I didn't have my, my doctoral degree. She was like, Renelli, um, are you familiar with the book Profit First? And I, I was like, no, what, what is that? She was like, you have got to read the book. And so I got my hands on a copy of the book Profit First. And as I was reading um, Mike's story, it was written by Mike Michalowicz. And I was, as I was reading his account of, you know, his own personal story, I saw a lot of myself in it. Now I haven't built and sold businesses like Mike has, <laughs> right? But, you know, the, the important piece was about the money management. It was about how he treated money 
and how, you know, now with this profit first system that he has created for himself and now teaching to a lot of, you know, bookkeepers and accountants and other entrepreneurs how to do, it's all about taking control, you know, just recognizing that you are personally in control and there are certain things that you need to do and have in place in order to manage your money appropriately and build profitable businesses. So yeah, Profit First is basically a cash management system that teaches entrepreneurs specifically, but it can be translated to you know, to your personal finances as well, teaches you to, you know, really um, lay out a system that's going to allow you to not only pay yourself, um, but, you know, put money aside for profit, for taxes, and, you know, then up, use your operational expenses more efficiently. So, like I, I fell into this like before anybody knew about Dave Ramsey and I don't know how I figured it out, but coming out of college, I got multiple credit cards because back in the day, <laughs> in the olden days, we had to have a credit card for each individual store. It was kind of a big deal to have a MasterCard or a Visa that would be used anywhere. So if you went to the local dress shop, you had to have a credit card for that dress shop. So I had multiple cards. And then I kind of realized one day that I had a lot of cards with a lot of balances and I didn't really like that. Mm -hmm. So I decided that I was gonna pay the minimum payment on all of them, except the smallest one. And on the smallest one, I was gonna pay as much as I could until it was gone. Mm -hmm. Once that was a zero balance, then I took all that I was paying on that smallest one and put it on the next one and the mm -hmm. next one. In the end, I had one huge credit card bill or, you know, outstanding balance. I had so much money to put at it that in three or four months, it was paid in full. Mm -hmm. That was the end of that. Like I've never had credit card debt since because I, I, I don't like that feeling like of being handcuffed in that. And then all of a sudden I find out, you know, that's a big strategy of <laughs> Dave Ramsey. Dave Ram yeah, the debt snowball method. Yes, yeah. that he speaks about in Financial Peace University. Yeah. And, and I didn't even know that. And I'm still- But that was brilliant. You should have packaged it, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> and at work one day, this man sat near me and oh, we had worked together, I don't know, two or three years. And I dealt with people in the housing industry who were in the process of potentially losing their home. So I had to help them get their finances in order. And I probably did more than I should have on getting in the middle of their business. But he came up to me one day and he goes, hey, so, and I'm, I'm loud. I mean, I can't be quiet. <laughs> I whisper, everybody stops because like, I can't be quiet. And he comes up to me and he goes, hey, I've heard you on the phone for the last couple of years talking to all of these clients. And I started doing it at home. And for the first time in 15 years or whatever, we are totally debt free. Like we have a house payment and that's it. And I was like, oh, look at me influencing the world. And I didn't even know it just because I mm -hmm. talked loud at my desk. So those of you listening, if you have a lot of credit card debt, that's a choice. 
So that's an absolute choice and you can you can get rid of it. So now I have one or two credit cards depending on what it is so I can track my money that I use, but pay them off every month. So if somebody is is like I, I have a lot of listeners who are fairly new out of college or just really starting out on their own. Um, what what's something they could do to start creating some wealth for themselves versus all the debt that we kind of live in a lot of times? Yeah, I think that the key is just to understand money, right? And understand compound interest and that it can work for you and it can work against you, right? And so if we were to put aside X number of dollars, and, and let's just throw out $150, cause that's not too much, right? For, you know, someone right out of school to put aside. If you were to put aside $150 per month over 40 years at a decent return of, you know, let's say 10 to 12%, um, because we're talking about long-term, right? Um, that $150 over, the 40 years compounded can lead to a million dollars, right? As little as that, that's without you increasing the amount at all as you start earning more, right? But the same thing can work against you with the credit cards. And Jennifer, I'm just like you. I was right in your spot where in college, I went and I applied for the credit cards and they just kept adding and adding. And I'm like, wow, you know? And so the same thing works against you. If every month you are paying $150 in interest on your credit cards, think about how much that accumulates to, you know, over those same 40 years. And a lot of these credit cards sometimes may be at higher rates than 10 to 12%. They're used. Okay. So I had to get new tires and I like to just get all four at one time because then, you know, I can have them rotated and I'm not constantly trying to figure out the tire business. And I'm fortunate enough that I can buy four tires at one time. And I went in to get them and I went one day and picked them out and got everything organized. And then the next day I went to have them installed or put on whatever you call tires. And they had a signs everywhere for a credit card for the company. And I said, do I like, what kind of perk do you give me if I get this credit card? Mm -hmm. And he goes, and so my tires were just under $900 for four. I drive a lot, so I need good tires. Mm -hmm. So for four tires, it was just under $900 and I saved $60 by getting their credit card. Now mm -hmm. I got their credit card. When I get the bill, I will pay it in full. It will be gone. Right. Years ago, my dad had a young lady who worked for him and credit cards were not, you know, as in abundance, you know, when you and I graduated college, they just came in the mail. It was like, sign here, we'll send you a card. You know, mm -hmm. that was kind of the deal. And she had gotten a credit card and she went into my dad and she said, um, sir, do you have a minute? Can you help me? And he said, sure, come on in. What, what's going on? And she said, I don't understand this credit card bill. And I'm telling this story because somebody out there doesn't understand this and you can mm -hmm. explain it more in detail. She said, sir, I got this credit card and I charged a hundred dollars mm -hmm. and I got the bill and it said pay 20 and mm -hmm. I paid 20. 
And now instead of owing $80, I owe $115. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. So mm-hmm. my dad had to explain to her compound interest. Yeah. And if she was paying the minimum balance, it, I mean, I don't even know. I think it says on the, on the statement somewhere, how many years it's going to take you to pay off a smaller balance. Mm-hmm. I don't think people really grasp what it cost them in the end. Right. To pay right. that interest because that card I got from um, the tire store six months, zero interest. And then it goes to 29%. Exactly. 29%. That's crazy. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of people don't even pay attention to that interest rate. And so they get a bill month after month and they feel it's okay because I'm paying my minimum. I am, you know, um, you know, I'm not messing up my credit, you know, is what a lot of people think, but they're not thinking that, they are paying so much over time to the credit card companies. And so I think, you know, I'm glad that we, you know, um, got into this conversation because it is absolutely an important one. And, you know, that's why in 2022, I'm going to be launching what I'm calling debt-free legacy movement, because I understand I've been there. I spent a lot of my um, young adult life in debt and not recognizing um, the damage, right, that it was doing. It wasn't, wasn't until I realized, wait a minute, I did everything my mom, who was a single mom, I did everything she said. I went to school, I got a good education, I got a good job. As a matter of fact, I'm making six figures, but yet, I am not enjoying the fruits of my labor. Like it it doesn't feel like six figures, right? Because all of the money, a lot of the money, I should say, was going towards paying um, debt. And so, yeah, this is such an important conversation to have. And this is not just about, you know, people who are making 20, 30, you know, $40,000 a a year. This is about people who are making, you know, six figures and multiple six figures and still, you know, struggling financially. Well, and you have the question for the entrepreneurs listening. Um, I overheard a conversation. I don't think it was intended for me to have heard, but uh, Renelli and I are in some groups where people are making, they're making bank they have got money coming in left over, you know, hand over fist. They're in the high six figures, many of them in seven, pushing for eight. A lot of money, a lot of money, a lot of money. And as a newer entrepreneur, because in the grand scheme of things, being in this seven years and, and starting with zero, um, I'm fairly new still, you know, in this, in this whole uh, space. And you hear these speakers and they're on the stage and they're like, Oh yeah, I'm a, I'm a seven figure earner. And next year I want to hit eight. And then I overheard this conversation again. I don't think I was supposed to have heard. And it was, if only that's how much money I had. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that hit me with a ton of bricks because what does it feel like to be making two or 300,000 
and you're keeping 250 of that 300,000 versus I'm making a million, but I'm only seeing a hundred thousand of that. I mean, if, if that Jennifer, if that, if that, you know, um, and, and being an, an accountant and in this space, it, it's an important conversation because I see it all the time where, you know, people are, you know, making significant um, money, you know, six figures, multiple six figures and asking, where is it? Why am I not seeing it in my bank account? And I think that's where Profit First comes in because, and especially if you work with a Profit First professional, it forces you to really make profit a habit, right? And, you know, a lot of people, they think of profit as an event. Um, at the end of the year, I'm going to look at my books and see what my bottom line is, right? Profit is not an event. It's a habit. And so you need to make sure that every single month you have a good handle on what is happening in your business. And you already plan for profits, not just wait to see if profit is gonna happen, but you already determine what Profit First teaches is that you break down your revenue into various buckets. So when money comes in, it goes into one bucket, one bank account, and then you transfer that into several buckets by percentage. Um, one bucket, and I mentioned them before, one bucket is owner's pay. The other bucket is profits. The third bucket is tax. And the fourth, fourth bucket is operating expenses. What normally happens with many um, businesses is that operating expenses is first and, you know, like whatever is left over um, goes to the other three buckets. So you will find that a lot of um, business owners, they're making the money, but they're not even paying themselves, let alone have anything set aside for profits. And so if we, you know, think of it as, you know, create this structure and this system where, you know what, these are my buckets, these are my percentages, and I have to make sure that what goes into the operating expenses bucket, that's what I'm using to run my business. Um, that's gonna, you know, and it takes time, you know, because again, it's a habit that we're developing. So if we decided that the percentage for profits is gonna be 10%, but today it's zero, I'm not gonna come in as a profit first professional and tell you that next month you need to make sure that you're putting aside 10% for profits, right? We are going to gradually work there because we have to massage the numbers and you know decide of your expenses, what are we keeping? What are we letting go? And what are we negotiating to reduce the prices? Um, so it takes work. It, well, it does take work. And to bring this, <laughs> I thought of a story while you were telling that, it brings it into our own home life too, because most of us do not have a budget that we operate from in our home life, same kind of scenario. And I remember my husband and I bought a house and my dad had told me that in one of his economics classes when he was in college, 
the professor said, in your head, you have a limit on how much you want to spend for a house. And if you exceed that amount, you're never really going to feel comfortable in your skin. Now, those in the entrepreneurial space will call that a limiting belief, right? Because you can't really get past it. For the rest of it, it's just like, you don't know why you don't feel good about this. My husband and I bought a, a house and it was substantially more than my comfort zone. And I wasn't sure how we were going to make the monthly payment because it was, it was a huge increase at the time. And we moved into that house just before Christmas. And once we got through the holiday with, you know, all, all the holiday things, and we don't have children, so it was just the two of us, but we get through holidays with the nieces and nephews and all that. And we spent all of January, February, March, and April, we did not go out to dinner one time. We did not order a pizza. We did not get fast food of any type. We cooked every single night. I took my lunch to work. I had to get out of the office, but I took my lunch to work three times a week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but I went out on Monday and Friday. It was like, you got to start the week with a break and end it with a break. And once we got through those four months, we were able to see that, yes, we could make the house payment. Yes, we could go to dinner on occasion, but I needed that level of comfort that we can like afford to live here. And I think today fast food is so super simple and easy and it's, it's there that we rely on it so much. And people don't realize because they don't track their money or their expenses, how much they're spending on junk. Mm -hmm. um, thank God I don't drink coffee, but it shocks me that you go and get a coffee and it could be six, seven, eight dollars mm -hmm. for a coffee. So eight times five is $40 a week. Um, that's 160 a month on coffee and that's you assuming that they're just getting one per day well, uh, right? you're assuming one per day and only monday through friday i pulled out my phone so i can right. like start doing math but <laughs> i kept it simple enough that i could do it um yeah. i'm i graduated college without a math class i'm pretty proud of that <laughs> <laughs> so when you think about that if you get one coffee a day you know one of those eight dollar coffees five days a week there's your 150 a month to start investing. Yes, I like I mean, that. Oh my God, how did I come up with that? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> that's your that's your $150. When I was in college, I remember calling my dad and working for the federal government. Uh, he had savings bonds and there were always savings bonds in this one little place in the house. And um, I called him and I said, I'm working, I'm going to school. Um, but I never have any money at the end of the month. So I think I want to start buying savings bonds. And he goes, well, that's not really a good use of your money because the return is so minimal. Um, what is the problem? Now, back in the day, we didn't have ATM cards. It was called an SCS card. You're probably too young to know that, but it was an SCS card. And it was just like an ATM. So what happened was I had a savings account and a checking account. We would go out to dinner and then want to go to a bar because guess what? We were in college and I would go take the money out of savings to pay for the beer at the bar after the dinner. Mm -hmm. And so my dad was like, where's your money going? What are you doing? And I, you know, fessed up to the reality of my world. And he goes on payday, go to a bank that doesn't have one of those cards. 
open a savings account where you have to go there when the bank is open to get the money mm-hmm. and let it build. Mm-hmm. And I started doing that. I know I'm, I'm just not even going to tell you how old I was on how much money I made, but it was very, very little. And I started saving my money. And in the end, I saved several thousand dollars. And that's how I ended up going to school in Europe for a semester and a summer because I saved my money. And my parents came to visit me because I was gone seven months and that was too long for their baby to be <laughs> gone without seeing me. They came over to visit me and we, we were in Germany actually at a having lunch and visiting. And my dad goes, I just want to know, how did you, how did you save all that money? I mean, I know you did. I know you had the separate bank account, but how did you do that? And I said, well, on Friday night, somebody would say, do you want to go to dinner into the bar? And I would decide, did I want dinner or did I want the bar? Cause I couldn't do both. Both. Mm-hmm. And he goes, wow. And he looked at my mom and he goes, of all of our kids, that's the only one who would have that thought process. Like the rest would have just done both, but it's all about choices. Mm-hmm. And we all have choices on where our money goes, what we do with it. And if we do want to have a profit first, if we do want to build, I love this, a debt-free legacy and be mm-hmm. part of your debt-free legacy movement, we have to make those choices. We have to. So is there one thing that could help the audience make that choice, make that shift, that mind, it is a mindset shift of going from being in debt to debt-free. One tip you could share. Decide. 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 Yeah. I would say, you know, it really is a decision. And, um, you know, I used to say that, you know, whenever you want to be successful in something, it's 80 percent, um, you know, it's 20 percent, you know, the knowledge, the tactics, et cetera, and 80 percent mindset. But I was corrected. Um, actually, when we had our clubhouse summit, <laughs> I was corrected. It's actually 98 two, two percent right? 2% knowledge and strategy and tactics and all of that. And 98% mindset. So we have to make up our mind, right? To do the thing, to be debt-free, just decide. (laughs) And I don't know how much to say it any, any clearer than that, And I know that some people might say it's easier said than done, but if you wake up every morning with the decision that I am going to be debt-free, then every decision you make throughout that day, throughout the week, throughout the month, throughout the year is going to lead you to be debt-free. And it's all a decision. My girlfriend and I tease, you can make a big old pot of beans for not much money. And every other day, make another pan of cornbread and add some fried potatoes. Cause that's like my, if you're going to have beans, I want fried potatoes. <laughs> I mean, how much money can you save? It, it just not going out to eat, not getting that coffee, making that coffee at home 
right? I mean, we have all different ways, but we we have a mindset. I'm just going to call it a loser mindset. We have a loser mindset that I can't do that. We start out right. with I can't. I'm never going to win. I'm never going to get there. Um, <laughs> I had breakfast with some girlfriends this morning and I, I taught a class for the state of Oklahoma yesterday and there were some technical issues because the platform we used was down. So what do you do when you have a hundred people sign up for a class and the platforms down, you switch platforms. And they said, well, how did it go yesterday? Cause I wasn't in class with them that morning. And I said, oh, I was amazing. And they go, well, how do you say that? And I said, I'm just going to say it till somebody tells me differently. Right. Like I, I can choose to be great at this. I can choose to start saving money. I can choose to eat at home. Um, is it hard? Well, no, it's just boring. H have peanut butter and jelly sandwiches every night for a week, right? How yeah. much would you save if you did that? So simple things add up. And I am going to uh, say my final part on this before I let you, you know, wrap us up if you have anything else is make the decision to do one small thing for 30 days and see what happens. Mm -hmm. When I quit smoking, I was part of a smoking, you know, cessation deal that you signed up for. And they called me every day at seven o'clock because that's the time I picked. And I was taking the drug Chantix or I would have never quit. I know some people have had terrible reactions with it. It saved my life because I quit smoking. But they would say, uh, we estimate it's been two days since you quit smoking and you've saved X amount of dollars. So I got an index card and I started listing every day how much money I saved by not smoking. Mm -hmm. And it's the same kind of deal. What can you do every single day to track what you didn't spend? Therefore, that means you saved it for sure. Yeah. 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 So if we want to work with you, if we want to play with you, if we want to get to know more about your debt-free legacy movement and what else you think we might be able to do to start creating our debt-free legacy movement, what you got? Yeah. So um, I would say just, just follow me. I'm going to start, you know, like putting it out there and posting and sharing and inviting people to join me in this movement. So just follow me um, at Dr. Renelli Williams on Instagram, Facebook, um, and also LinkedIn. Those are my, my, my three main you know, places that I'll be focusing in 2022. Um, if you follow me there, you'll be able to get access to um, the debt-free legacy movement. Uh, I just want to say that, and then, you know, I have two Facebook groups that I run, one specifically for my um, accounting business, which is called Profitable Entrepreneurs Network. So people can join me there, as well as my Relentlessly Activating Wealth group. So my, my second business is called Raw Legacy Solutions, um, Raw being a play on my name. So I'm Dr. Renelli A. Williams. Um, and then it also stands for Relentlessly Activating Wealth. So you can find me in those two places. The one thing I want to leave, right, if we want to see change, we can't expect to see change and not make change. And so if you want to experience change in your life, you have to do something different. 
And I just recommend, as, as um, Jennifer said, start small, start with one thing, look through your bills and figure out what am I paying for that I really don't need? What is it that I can eliminate? And that one thing, just like the cup of coffee could add up to $150 a month, that simple that you can put towards paying down debt, right? Or you can put towards saving, which, whichever is your priority right now. And so start that small. And when you experience um, that success that you paid off that first card, it's going to be like, wow, all right, let's keep going. You know, so celebrate and just keep going. And before you know it, because my, my next goal is the mortgage gone, right? You know, that's my, my goal um, for 2022 is eliminating the mortgage as well. Well, and I, I don't know if you know this, but I was in the housing industry for 30 years. So I'm quite well aware with, with mortgages, quite well versed. And if you have a 30 year mortgage and you pay one extra house payment per year, you knock seven years off of it. Seven years. And so just imagine if you did two house payments, I mean, like how quickly you can get those things down. So it's all totally doable. I love the fact that it's a decision. We all have to decide what we want and if we're going to put in the effort to do it. Dr. Ranelli, I thank you so much for your time. All of her contact information will be in the show notes so that you can follow her in all the places. And it was such a pleasure. And all of the listeners, you are destined for success. You need to own it. You need to believe it and just take one little step every day. I'm Jennifer Takagi, and I look forward to connecting with you soon. taking your time to spend with me on this latest podcast of Destined for Success. Please take a moment to leave a review, share it with a friend, and subscribe and get the newest episodes every Monday morning. I'm Jennifer Takagi and I look forward to connecting with you soon.